Hello, and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast. This is a podcast that is hosted by Craig Wells, Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. And welcome to our movie review and improv comedy mansion. Allow me to take you around the house. Over here, we have 70 episodes of problematic behavior. This is the only time I'm going to show you this corner of the house. Back here is the pool where we're just swimming in self-confidence, baby. Two guys with a microphone and we're unstoppable. And over here, we have Alex's bedroom. He made sure it was the largest room in the house. Alex, give us a little tour. All right. Over there is where I uh, have a shrine to myself. So this says, like, obviously, high school achievements. Uh, all my girlfriends that I've ever dated ranked in order of hotness. Um, it's not the order you think it is. Yeah. Uh pictures at my wedding and then that over there is just um autographs of myself obviously because you have to practice (laughs) and then over here um i have uh pictures of myself they're not part of the shrine because other people are included um and then over there are a bunch of clothes that i'm never going to wear um but my family can sell them if i die for money saying that i owned them and then uh california king bed for obvious reasons, it's my bedroom. And that right there is my car. And next to it is my motorcycle. Okay, and we've already shown you too much. We must ask you to leave. Um, we will give you um, we will give you snippets of what this mansion looks like uh, when we feel our privacy has been restored. Go, 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 shoot. Now, Alex, let me bring you into the fold here. I did not plan on doing that until I started talking i whispered i started giving the intro in like a real sultry kind of way and then i realized what i was doing and i could not do anything to stop myself i was powerless in that situation that's that's great improv great improv dude yeah and i'm so used to not prepping at all for the opening segment that (laughs) it's always improv for me (laughs) i had a different intro planned that i was gonna talk about and now seems way more dull in comparison, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Okay. Do, when you are at the grocery store, mm-hmm. do you choose who you go to in the checkout line based on who you think is going to judge you the least? Never. <laughs> Never? Not even once, no. I'm trying to think if I've ever done that. I don't think I have. I've always gone shortest line. Or I also hate doing self-checkout. So especially if I'm getting groceries... I just go to whoever can do my groceries for me. Okay, that's totally fair. I buy groceries like I'm buying for my 11-year-old brother. And so when I look at my cart and I like have just, you know, just an overwhelming looming sense of shame, I'm like, "Ah, uh, I need to find that 70-year-old man that's not going to judge me for having three boxes of Pop-Tarts and pizza rolls and that's it." Do you know the internet thing that was going around where you're supposed to get like three items and check out for like the weirdest story just to confuse people? <laughs> and it always involved like condom, uh, a vegetable. Like, and a third thing. And like usually like a vegetable. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I think that's funny to talk about, but like, I don't, I don't spend know. Maybe money this on is, it, dude. Uh, not only do I not want to spend money on it, but I also, and this is incredibly selfish of me, and I'm aware of that. I don't want to do pranks where I can't see the prestige. So, like, I don't want to, like, spend $15 at the grocery store and walk away being like, yeah, that's probably the weirdest thing they've seen today. Like, I don't know. It seems a little self-congratulatory. Yeah, I just also... I'm not into doing stuff so that other people. No, that's not true. Never mind. I was, I was going to okay, say, I'm not that. into doing stuff so that other people talk about me. That's literally why I do stuff. <laughs> so, uh, I. If I could take you back to the shrine. Um. Yeah. Uh, so, never mind. I don't know what to say. Hey, do you want to just go to the movie? Let's send it, dude. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So continuing in our A24 Horror Month, we are watching a 2015 movie called Green Room. It has Anton Yelchin in it and Patrick Stewart in it. Uh, and we're probably going to talk this movie to death. So if you don't want to hear us talk about it in any way, shape, or form, you can skip to this time code right here. Time code, 23 minutes. So this is this movie is a slow burn, just like through and through, um, kind of like we were talking about this a little bit earlier, kind of like The Witch, 
where they're they're similar but distant but different in enough ways that I think is cool. Right, because they put you into the situation early. Uh, the witch does it faster, but this is like fifteen minutes in, you're there. Yeah, um, and so yeah. you spend like the first half of the movie knowing there's a buy-in, and the buy-in hasn't happened yet. But once you get to that point, things really go off pretty hard. Um, Alex, you want to break this one down? Yeah, so I'll just straight up read the synopsis of this movie. It, I thought it was going to spoil it, but like, like we said, like it happens so fast that it's not that big of a problem. So a punk rock band becomes trapped in a secluded venue after f- finding a scene of violence. For what they saw, the band themselves become targets of violence from a gang of white power skinheads who want to eliminate all evidence of the crime and therefore all the witnesses. Yeah, so basically this punk rock band effectively witnesses a murder and so Yeah, they walk in on at, a dead body yeah, in the green room. And so because this happens at a nightclub for white white supremacists, they need to cover the evidence and remove the witnesses. And the remove the witnesses part is the friction between our protagonists it's and antagonists. The whole movie it's this band getting targeted. And so this band is trapped in a, get this, green room of the venue. And uh, Craig, that's kind of like what a green room is. Yeah. So a green room is whenever you're in any sort of performing establishment is a place that is dedicated to the performers, to the performers. So that's where equipments get stored. You sit between your sets. Um, if you have any accommodations, it's going to be brought to the green room. It's just kind of like a general, it's like the waiting room, but for performers. So, um, one of the band members left their phone in the green room as they were exiting the building. They doubled back to go get it and they go in and somebody's head is stabbed through their skull. So this creates complications. Yeah. Um, and then immediately they just try to run away and be like, I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything. Um, that doesn't work. So they try to call 911 <laughs> as fast as possible, being like, I saw a stabbing, I saw a stabbing, I saw a st-. And then their phone gets taken away. And um, so this group of white supremacists, first of all, movie doesn't pull any punches on that. Get ready to see some genuine hate. Um, yeah. Well, the thing is, they and- only say, I say they only say, they say the N-word <laughs> twice, but- in typical skinhead fashion, like it's violent, dude. It's a you see, yeah. it's this is a if this movie is anything, it's violent, it's culty, and it's I mean, uh, I don't know if it's scary, it's just a thriller. You're, yeah, on the seat of it's your suspense, man. Yeah, you're on the edge of your seat the entire movie, it's just suspense. Um, but the point that I was making is that these. Uh, people, the the white supremacists, are going to extreme lengths to protect themselves. Like, and the reason why, the big reason why, is because there's a drug lab under the venue, and so that's why they're so protective of it. Because guess what? There's drugs. Yeah. Um, so if the police come in to investigate the body, they're gonna find the drugs. And so to show you like the lengths that they go to make sure that all of this is explained as just an accident. When Alex said they called 911 as fast as possible, they said, there's been a stabbing. I just watched a stabbing. They take two disposable members of the group. Has one of them give the other one a flesh wound stabbing? So that way they can tell the cops that this was the accident I was calling you about. Don't worry about all the other scarier stuff that's going on inside there. Yeah. And back when this was happening, the group in the green room didn't know the cops were there yet. They just said, hey, they haven't gotten here yet. We have contacted because they're locked in there with a bouncer. So they're saying, when are the cops going to get in here? The bouncer has a gun on them. He's the only one in there with them, Um, as well as the dead person's friend. So it's the band, the dead person's friend, and the bouncer. The bouncer's holding a gun at them. They're like, well, when are the cops going to get here? Be like, they haven't gotten here yet. And while they're talking down, don't worry, they're not here yet. The cops are outside arresting the wrong people. What? was your buy-in moment like what was the because we can all agree that this movie is kind of boring for the first 10 15 minutes it's all set up what was your moment where you were like okay i'm willing to see this through uh i mean i don't i almost always watch movies all the way through i think when i'm like holy 
crap was um, when they got the gun. Okay. So they sure, take yes. the gun from him, from the bouncer, because one of the guys does jujitsu. So he, he, I don't even know how they got. Oh, so in order to like de-escalate the situation, because obviously the band doesn't know how. They don't know that they're white supremacists. They know there's Nazis, but they didn't know that was everybody. They didn't know, I mean, there was going to be a body or anything like that. So they think, oh, they're going to let us go. So the bouncer gives them the gun and keeps the bullets. And then um, as like a way to get out of the locked room, the jujitsu guy puts them in an arm bar and they take the bullets out and point the gun at them. And I'm like, I'm in. I'm in. This is wild. Um, and then like a little bit after that, when I definitely knew I was going to be in, is when the power cut out. And okay, so it's sure, a very yeah. short part of the movie. Like the power is only out for like 90 seconds. And I'm like, oh, this is crazy. What do you do when you have a gun on a 6'5 bouncer and you can't see him? So once that happened, I'm like, let's freaking do this. And by the way, this movie is only 90 minutes long. So yeah, that happens so that's like probably 30 minutes. 30 minutes in. Something like that. Yeah. Um, For me, mine was a little bit after that. Like those parts were cool and I recognized that. But the moment that I'm like, oh, I'm going to have a lot to talk about for the podcast was when they were trying to give Patrick Stewart the gun through the door. That was crazy. And um, so, again, in another de-escalation tactic, they decide to give Patrick Stewart, who is the head of the venue, who's the who's the owner. They're going to give him the gun as kind of like an olive branch. Like we have your bouncer in here with us. We'll give you the gun. And by the way, up until this point, um, Patrick Stewart, like the head guy, is like, get the red laces in here. And you're like, who are these red laces? What does that mean? Like, we know it's like a, a extra tier because before when they were trying to find guys to get stabbed, <laughs> they're like, find us a true believer. And you're like, well, that can't be good because this guy's willing to take a knife <laughs> for no reason. They don't know why. Because um, Patrick Stewart literally has the guys write out who knows about this. Write down every single name who knows what's going on. Um, so a lot of these guys are doing this on blind faith. They don't know why they're getting stabbed. They don't know what's going on. So he goes, get the red laces. And then when they're handing the gun, um, the band, the friend of the dead person goes, shut the door. They're going to kill us because she sees the red laces. And then now we know as an audience, oh, the red laces are the killers. Yeah. And that's when it gets crazy. That's when this movie is like, oh, by the way. We're rated R for a reason. <laughs> and the exact moment was the way that scene climaxes is the guy who's holding the gun, Anton Yelchin's character. Um, they slam the door into his arm over and over and over again for it like 15, 20 seconds, like a good chunk of time. And he pulls his arm back and it, oh my God, the Dude, cuts also, on his- the red laces- have machetes yes yeah 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 yeah. so imagine what happens when your arm's stuck on the outside it's getting slammed on you're trying to hold on to the gun so they don't get the gun and then guys attack you with machetes and he pulls his arm back i genuinely <laughs> thought his arm was just gonna be gone um but when he pulls it out it is maybe the next worst thing yeah, it is it's as- <laughs> so much worse than gone <laughs> it is cut off so much like it, it is as cut as it could be without just being off. And when I saw that, I'm like, okay, yep, this movie's, yep, okay, this movie's committed. Yeah. Once that happened, I'm like, oh, so they're not afraid of some violence. This movie's yeah. gonna be crazy. Um, um, what's also crazy is how more than one person gets eaten by a dog. Yeah. And the, here's the thing. This movie, a lot of times in horror movies, are like, well, let's not show them because it's not going to be as scary as if we show them. They show it, and I'm like, oh, that did the trick. That <laughs> did the trick. Pit bulls attacking humans. Oh, these are fighting dogs, by the way. Like, they yeah. talk about, hey, let's send in more than one dog. He goes, we can't send in more than one dog. He goes, why? Because these are fighting dogs. If we send in two fighting dogs, they'll fight. So yeah. he takes out and- one pit bull. And of course, they're speaking German because they're Nazis and they're going after people. And I'm like, oh, this is scary. Also, I forgot this was like a horror movie, but this is one of those movies where like they kill people off one by one. Yeah. I just I forgot this was like the typical horror movie where like at the very end, there's almost nobody left. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of a spoiler, but not really. That's just how horror movies work. I 
forgot this was one of those movies. And the one that really got me is um, uh, Aaliyah Shawcott's character, um, Sam. Yeah. Uh, she's one of the people that gets eaten by a dog. And the way her character is built up throughout this movie, like, you expect her to be part of the final group. She's one of the smarter ones. She's, like, uh, very tactful. Like, she's been smart this whole time. And then she misses one shotgun slug, and that, and just the dog gets her. Hey, you need to be a little bit more accurate and, than that. It's also, dude, this movie's crazy, and I don't want to spoil too much about like who dies or how they die. Dogs are a big part of this movie. There's limited guns because uh, Patrick Stewart's whole strategy is like we need the cops to find their bodies, and they can't be shot up because they're gonna yes. ask questions like. How did they die? So most of it is dogs and machetes, which, by the way, is extra scary. I would prefer guns, but there's very little guns in this. Like there's a scene where they send in a new fighting crew or a new hunting crew even. And he goes, I'll go in. What's the rules of engagement? And And they're like, blades. Sloppy is okay. Try to keep it contained if you have to. And I'm like, oh, 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 oh we mean this, this guy means business. Also, okay. we'd or at that point, we'd only seen already seen a couple people dead. And I'm like, oh, they're gonna show it, man. I took like two different breathers <laughs> where I'm like, I gotta go get something to eat. I gotta get something to drink because I'm like, this is not one of those things where like somebody's gonna die and we'll just hear screams. They're go- we're gonna see this happening. This is like, I mean, one of the big things. Like, if you Google this movie, uh, it's described as claustrophobic thrilling and gruesome and that is yes so accurate (laughs) it has a budget of five million dollars but like it's it scares you up with the with the best of them dude yeah um the cons that i would put for this movie is like i said uh i feel one of the problems that i had about this movie is i felt like there was a like a grander mystery going above all this because like the the care that Patrick Stewart's character puts into being so precise and protecting his people as much as possible like i really felt like there was going to be like even like a supernatural element to it where like the thing that they found under the basement wasn't drugs it was a test lab or something like that um so I guess those are expectations I put on the movie based on nothing. Yeah, but I'm glad it didn't th- have any supernatural stuff. Yes, me too, me too. But I, I felt like there was still a layer to the the there was a layer to what was going on that I felt like was missing. I think we needed one more layer of gravitas um, that this movie just kind of didn't have. Um, and also, the band sucks. Dude, this has to be your genre of music. Like they're not—they're like a small, very small touring band. Like they're getting paid three hundred bucks a gig. They are stealing gas to get from gig to gig. Yeah, it's not my dude. Metal music in general is not mine. And when they get to this, you know, we get to see them perform one other time, and I'm like, oh yikes, dude. It's and and then when they go to perform for the skinheads, they're like, play the hardest stuff you got, and I'm like, yeah, great great and just like my problem with it is like the music was super arrhythmic like the lyrics was not going at the same bpm as the instruments were and that was very frustrating and i know i just that was my main problem with it is like it wasn't like there was no level of synchronicity there yeah Uh, i just think it's not not, for us yeah um there are i think exactly as many movies with neo-nazis as there needs to be i i like very few movies can pull off this kind of antagonist because like they're easy to hate so that's not a problem so you have to find like another way to make them dynamic the only other movie that i saw do neo-nazis like in a like in a way that was engaging um was there's a movie with Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron called Long Shot um okay. and the start and the start of that movie has Seth Rogen infiltrating a skinhead group and I'm like this is a weird way to start a movie but okay um, and, um the skinhead movie is American History X yes it's yes obviously. the movie there's not a lot here's the thing if you're going to do it you have to take it seriously yeah ish 
It has to be well done because it's the height of racism. <laughs> and it'd be really, um, uh, there's a word I'm thinking of uh, that starts with it. Distasteful. No, dis. You can't, you can't really disregard the level of evil these people are by making it funny. Yeah. It, f- it feels disingenuous. I'm just saying dis words now. Um, Cause it's like um, DiCaprio in Django, right? Yeah. Where like you have to has to be taken and, seriously. And that's and needs something to be really well yeah. done. Otherwise, you're being racist to be racist and not providing anything for, for it. That, I, I feel the same way about nudity in a movie. Like it needs to be necessary. Otherwise, you're doing it just to attract the audience for the wrong reasons. Yeah. So all this to say, I feel like this movie handled the intensity of these antagonists in a way that made it feel very natural for sure i do is the perfect length that it was paced amazingly the first i would say the first 15 minutes are slow it picks up so fast dude the second they yeah. get there you're like oh this is intense they're like they're getting talked to before they go in and be like hey don't mention this don't mention that keep your eyes forward when you're on stage focus when you get off stage like it's such a dynamic change that you know something serious is going to happen this is like so rated r that like even if you're old enough to see it i'd be like you need to be real comfortable with some like violence and if violence is not for you this is like i told macy about it she's like well i'm not gonna watch it i'm like that's totally fine yeah it's it's kind of hard to watch sometimes um i think this movie is very good Mm -hmm. the rating i'm gonna give might not really reflect that but i promise like it's a it's a good experience all around like i am giving it my this is a good movie number and that is a flat seven. Uh, dude are we i think we're just twins i'm giving a seven and a quarter <laughs> because the thing is is like i want more in a movie than this but it is it, but what this it, movie but if this is your movie was done this is well. great yeah if this is your genre and this is your movie then this is like an eight out of ten a nine out of ten i like more plot i like more characters i like character development there's not a lot of time for character development when everyone's getting got everyone's worried and about survival I, and i'm gonna be honest i would have got got two of those two ba- two of those band members way sooner than the movie did <laughs> yeah so now i like character development a lot of so like a lot of things I value in a movie, this didn't provide, but this is still a fantastic, you know, gruesome thriller movie. So yeah, yeah seven and a quarter. So I, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, so we're gonna do an improv segment, and I'm gonna be real honest with you guys. I don't know how it's gonna go because Alex and I are both in various points of our inebriation journey. And the segment we chose was in complete disrespect to that fact. Um, We're going to do a segment that we haven't done in a very long time on purpose. And it's called Juggling Characters, where Alex and I are going to do a scene. And if I can pray one thing, we don't let our characters get become more than like four or five. (laughs) And we're both responsible for a mm, large number of characters in the same scene. So we're going to be swapping voices, um, inflections, we roles. We keep adding characters, and then we get out of the scene by removing characters one by one. So here we go, I guess. Uh, where do you want the um, setting to be? Where I mean, there's a oh, lot of people. I don't know. I couldn't possibly. Um, do you want to do... Let's do a bachelor party, and the groom just passed out. So we're just like at someone's house oh okay gotcha 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 all right i got it sweet hey yo devin devin yo what's up hey what's going on man tyler's passed out in the bathroom uh so what should we do now do we still have people coming over um who's all here uh i mean i'm gonna be honest with you man i don't know most of these people I mean, I'm just his friend. I'm, I think I'm his only friend from work here. So I'm. I think that guy's name was was it Ryan? I think he's still here. Who? Oh, okay. Hey, can you come closer so I don't have to yell through the bathroom door? Why are you in there with him? He's passed out. I'm making sure he's okay. Just turn him on his side and let's get let's get back to the party. Hey, Michael. Hey. Um. Oh. Um. Michael, you said that you were checking for Tyler. Did you find him? Yeah, I found him. He's in the bathroom. Oh, um, is he okay? No, he's passed out. Devin here isn't going to help me do anything about it. I'm not. Listen, man, 
What's your name? Richard. Rich. Um, I'm. I'm I did a, say it was Richard. Yeah. Can I call you Rich? I'd rather you didn't. Richie. I don't know why you have to make giving me a nickname a thing. R- I mean, you're younger than I am. I'm not gonna call you Richard. I, I Fine. Mean, if you, okay, whatever. Fine, Richard. My name's Devin. I'm his work friend. It seems that you guys are all friends from college, high school, family friends, or something like that. I'm not really familiar with everybody. I'm just saying, you can put Tyler on his side. If he throws up, he'll be fine. And that way, uh, Michael can come out here and party with the rest of us. That's all I'm saying. Why do you want to party with Michael so hard, huh? I'm saying, if we're going to start a beer pong tournament, it helps that everyone's there. We have odd people right now, so I can't be on two people's teams. This is like simple numbers, man. So, uh, so, uh... A guy who you like enough to be the only work friend at a gathering is uh is trying to help a passed out man. No, I'm the work friend, dude. I'm Oh. I'm Tyler's only work friend here. Do you guys all know each other? Um yeah. Um Michael in there was um was his first babysitter. Um What? And I am their frequent DoorDash delivery driver. What um, the heck? Uh, Sylvia, who's still downstairs, um, taught him how to read. That was a multi-week affair. Um, so, yeah, I guess we kind of all know Tyler through different walks of life. Okay. Yeah, dude. Like I said, uh, you all seem like cool people. I'm just trying to get this beer pong thing started. I'm real good. Uh, Tyler said you guys were going to whoop me that you did this in college. I, it's not going to happen. I'm just trying to get the group together. Hey, you guys. Okay, well. Are you guys coming downstairs or? Karen I mean, and Sylvia, we're having a conversation up here. I'm just saying like. Sorry. The rest of the group's downstairs and we're just waiting to get this beer pong thing started. Thank you. Sylvia, right? Yeah, I'm I'm trying. Uh, for some reason, Michael will not leave the bathroom he's trying to take care of tyler i said tyler tyler's fine passed out in here Are, do you normally babysit people when they're sleeping when it's from alcohol yes he'll be fine i'm an emt if something happens i can save him now let's go if you want let's just bring him downstairs and i'll watch him door opens door closes why didn't you lead with the fact that you were an EMT? I told you I worked with Tyler. Tyler is an EMT. That would make me what? an EMT. We didn't know that. We are Tyler's friends. We don't know where he works. You're his friend and you don't know where he works? Yes. He, he, and he doesn't know where any of us work. Do you know where your male friends work? Yeah. Yeah, I do. That's why I'm at a bachelor party with a person I work with. We're friends. I know where he works. We work listen, together. You have to listen. I don't know if you heard. I was his first babysitter. Yeah, I know. Clearly, there's there's been some time that I haven't always been present in his life. So I guess I don't know as much about him as I claim to. How do you guys get invited to a bachelor party with a guy you barely know? I we know him very well. I was his first babysitter. It's just that I didn't know he was an EMT. He had never came up in the babysitting. Fine, dude. Regardless, I'm going downstairs with Sylvia. She she seems cool. And we're getting this game started with or without you. Okay. Well, Richard, I guess it's just you and me left in this scene, huh? Hey, guys. Yeah, I guess uh, so. Where is everybody? Oh, um... Tyler's passed out in the bathroom. An EMT said he'd be fine. The EMT went downstairs, and now it's just uh, me and Michael up here. Oh, uh, obviously I'm Ryan. I don't know if you guys remember. I've, I've been drinking, guys. I, I, I you seem familiar. It, it's but... written backwards on your forehead, almost as if it's meant for you to look at in a mirror. Okay. Well, I'm a, I'm gonna go. What'd you say, Devin? I'm gonna go uh, hang out with the EMT guy then. So you guys got this, right? Hey, do you want do you want to know? It'd be really funny. Um, I think that because that EMT guy was so mean to you, we should leave him like a little prank because he thinks everybody's gonna be fine. Let's kill ourselves so he has a big surprise to help out with. All right, all right, Cox Gun. Dude, that was here's the thing. Entertainment wise, don't know how valuable that was, but we Who told knows? a story. <laughs> That was real. I think I... <laughs> and I only played two characters. <laughs> I think we need 
I think I need to start putting it in the intro that what we do is improv, but whether or not it is comedy or drama will only be decided in the moment. Yeah, it depends on whether or not <laughs> we feel funny or if we're like, hey, let's let's be actors for a little bit. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that's juggling characters. It's a freaking banger. Middle segment, bracket boys. Alex and I have brought four topics of random dissertation and we shall pair them up against each other and see which of us is better at bringing four random topics to a podcast middle segment dude mine are if we're just i mean we both know it's a bracket boys so although mine are random i tried to pick great things straight up amazing things i would be very surprised if most of yours can beat most of mine, you might you might be able to beat one or two, but you're not beating most of them. I came up with most of mine during our mic check. So oh, dude, you're gonna get stomped. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go first. This one is a is softball. It, do, okay, so this will be your four seed. I'm putting it up against my best one then. Okay, brand new controllers. Mine is finding out they like you back. Okay. Okay. Ha ha. I'm recalling an earlier conversation where we thought we didn't have any any uh, low-hanging fruit, but I guess... Uh, Dude, it's not love. It's you liking someone and finding out they like you back. Hmm. I guess, I guess that's fair. Um, this is, in fact a good thing even when it's like platonically there will be lots of people where like i know whenever somebody invites me to hang out i'm like you're asking me dude, oh anytime like i'm talking to someone i like and they're like hey dude can i get your number so we can connect later i'm like yes dude i won it's <laughs> such a good feeling be like oh you think i'm cool enough to hang out with that's so sweet man for my three tier mm-hmm I have systems working as they are intended. Okay. Have you ever gone through a customer service like system and you go through it and you, and like, there's no hiccups. Like you have to return a package. They print you the label. You get the label. You give it to the person at Cole's Amazon drop off. And there's no, like there's no hitches. It's like, yes, a system working. All right. Mine this is my second best one. That feeling when you find an awesome song from an artist that you've never heard of and discover they have albums out already that all have great music on it. This is good. This is not exclusive to music. I yeah. think it's not exclusive uh, to music. I wanted to keep it specific, more specific, but it'd be also like finding okay, an actor. Sure. Like, Dude, what yeah. is the actor doing? And you find out they've done like eight seasons of a great show. Yeah. And you're like, one of my, yes. When I was drafting this list, something I had on here was feeling yourself fall in love with a TV show. And I'm like, I, I took that one out because it was a little too vague and a little too like, oh, like don't you TV love it when show? you feel yourself like something? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, this finding out you like something and that there's so much more of it that you don't have to wait. Yeah, that's. Because I, I, I remember when I saw Jodie Comer in something, and then I found out she did a TV show, which names escapes me right now. She's an assassin. Killing Eve. And I'm like, great. I saw she was in The Last Duel, and she was great in it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, let me go see if she's in anything else. Oh, she did four seasons of a TV show? Let's do this, bro. She's also I will a free say, guy. I will say the, the flip side of that coin is... <laughs> that also means I have a lot of homework to do before I feel like I can participate. So like using a TV show as an example, like say you decide, Oh, I'm going to watch supernatural and you watch the first three episodes of supernatural. And you're like, I love this. Hey, guess what? You just locked yourself in for 15 seasons and you're always going to feel like you're behind. See, mine's a little Which different is, though. Cause mine's when you consume a smaller project. And then find out they do a bigger project, yeah, or they have, or they I have so. other work. Yeah. Um. um can you? I'm. Tr I'm trying to think of an artist because it helps if they're a little smaller. Like nobody's finding Drake. You know. Yeah. Um. 
But for instance, that happened with me mm -hmm. for um, there's an artist I like named uh, MXM tune. Okay. Um, She's the one that did that prom dress song that floated around TikTok for a while. Gotcha. Um, uh, When I checked her out, she had like, you know, three albums and an EP. And I'm like, yes, yes. I guess that's kind of how I felt about Spielberg because I've known him. But then we did Spielberg Spring. I'm like, these movies are great. Like all of them. Yeah, we've talked about your thing enough. I think it beats my thing. Okay. Um, but I will say, systems, please continue to work. Okay. I love it when that happens. So we're getting your best two against my worst two now. Oh, that's a that's a gentle way to put it. Okay. Um, my number two is leftovers being just as good the next morning. That's pretty good. That kind of goes hand in hand with my last one. Um, mine is finishing a show like in theater. And then you walk out to meet the audience and everyone wants to talk to you or take a picture. Oh, my goodness. When I did Cinderella, that's what the, that was my experience with that. Oh, it's and it's I, kids. Like, it's, and then the adults are like, dude, you did great. And the kids are like, can we take a picture? And you're st- you're supposed to still be in character, I guess. It's <laughs> um, great. Man. I this is just me doing you know, this is just me praising myself. Um, my senior year of high school. Nope, I lied. It was my junior year of high school. We did a play that was multiple vignettes. So I played two different characters in the play. And I had so many like dads and grandpas talking to me after the show that was like, hey, I could tell you worked really hard on making those characters separate. And like, that's not easy to do. You did a really good job with that. I'm like, Yes. Yeah, dude, I had a show. Oh, it was by it was by by Birdie, the one you were in. <laughs> and people yeah. came up to me like, I don't know if you ever had a named character, but we loved you. And I'm like, thank you. I had seven characters yeah. I had to play. Cause I was like one of the only unnamed dudes. So if there was a guy, yeah. it had to be me. And like people came <laughs> up to me like, can we can we like just talk? And they were just talking to me, being like, hey man, that was great. And I'm like, yes. That feels so, so good. Hmm. But have you ever spent like $21 on an entree at a restaurant and then you only eat like a third of it and you're like, well, this is great. All oh, great. Thanks. Um, and then you take it home and then you have it for breakfast the next morning and you're like, this is exactly what I need. I mean, that's a good feeling for sure. That's yeah. A good feeling. I just, I just needed to say something before we choose yours and move on. Okay. Sure. <laughs> All right. What's your, what's your last one? Waking up 20 minutes earlier than you need to, the room being colder than it was last night, and you can cozy up before you have to get ready for the day. Okay, mine, pizza. Okay, so I really don't know how to approach this one. I'm going to be so (laughs) honest with you. Like, mine is so specific, and yours is so not. Um, I know it's just, it's October. I sleep with my window open and then I get like an, when I wake up, I have like a fuzzy blanket next to my bed and mm-hmm. then I s- slip that one on underneath everything. And I'm like, Oh, this is, I want different to be for here forever because you don't work early in the morning. Correct. So but like, don't I you wake do it up like in the morning Saturday? and it's cold. It's also dark out. And I'm like, I do not want to get out of bed. <laughs> Thanks for the extra 20 minutes, but I'd rather my thing is like, I like waking up as early as possible to know that I have hours left. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. Waking up 20 minutes before I'm like, let me get a head start on this depression. I got going on. <laughs> I think if the, I think if I had to go to work at like 10 though, and I woke up at like eight 30, I'd be like, I don't have to get out of bed yet. Let me go back yeah. to sleep. There's a little bit of sun in the room, but you can still like close your eyes and have it be dark enough. That's a great feeling. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, pizza. (laughs) Um, Hey, I think I would like to see this one move on just so I can have one thing in the second round. (laughs) Yeah. It's not fair for me to have bracket boys against myself. Let's do yours. Okay. Um, what's next? I didn't write down your things. Okay. We'll we'll save yours for the next one. So mine will do finding out they like you back versus meeting the audience after performance. That one's because they're the same thing. It's do it's you want just, to feel loved and wanted or do you want to be adored? Yeah, that's really. Do what you want it is. fans or friends? <laughs> what What are your thoughts on this one? Here's the thing about finding out they like you back is a lot of times that's what you've wanted for a long time. 
Yes. Because you've been friends with a person. This is how I feel about Macy. Is I'd been friends with her for so long that when she finally said, I like you, I'm like, thank you for saying that. We've been talking for two years. (laughs) So I was like, thank God you like me back. Like, I knew you liked me. I didn't know you wanted anything. So that, I feel like that's like a release of like, oh, thank God. And then I think the the meeting the fans, that's when you things that when the show's over you come out and do your bow you're like oh this feels great and then you realize oh wait 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 there's more i get more than this so i don't think no one does a show to meet the fans at the end because also this doesn't apply to most parts in a, in a show i mean yeah. like you get to meet your family afterwards but most of the time it's the named characters that have a lot of speaking lines that take pictures and stuff um so that doesn't really apply to everybody and you don't get to do it every show of the you know, the dozens of shows I've done, I would say it's probably been a big deal three times. Yeah. It doesn't happen often. So, I mean, but when it does, if you feel famous. So, I'm going to say the more reasonable expectation and the more practical overall is probably going to be the They Like You Back one. Yeah, I think so. All right. Okay, so up next we have Waking Up Super Cozy in a Cold Room versus, versus- Finding a Song. Or finding something and realizing they have a catalog they can get into. Ooh, you know what? I think mine ha- handedly beats yours on this one. Um, l- I think yours is kind of like, ooh, it's, it's like finding a lucky penny. Hey, you were going to get a little bit more money anyway. Hey, you were going to find a new artist eventually. Yeah, finding um, the small thing is already great. Finding out they have more is extra. Like, that's how I feel when I find a great song. I'm like, oh, this song is great. That's good enough most of the time. I'll just listen to the song on repeat. If they make more, awesome. But I was already happy. I also, but, and this is my struggle, is I don't introduce new artists almost ever. I'm, you know, a lot of old people are just less receptive to music. I've already reached that point. I found the four artists I'm comfortable with and almost nothing else penetrates that barrier. Dude, so that's and, a bummer. I feel sad. I know. Hey, hey, I don't like it either, but I can't control this. Yeah, I guess for you, it'd be more actors or directors. Yeah. But yeah, it's not it's not quite the same. This is a tough one because I like mine more than yours. And it's obvious you like yeah. yours more than mine. Which one? Okay, what do we have? The They Like You Back. Does They Like You Back handedly beat both of these things? Yes, not even close. Okay, cool. All right, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> this doesn't this matter. is like our pretzel argument. We're like, we knew what was going <laughs> to win when we started. <laughs> All right, Alex, what do we have for a one hit? Our one hit is called Swear Jar. And <laughs> is coming up with new swears. Oh, so not or, those ones. Right. Or things. <laughs> That are real words, but sound like swears. Alexa, show me all the episodes where the one hit is just us coming up with new vocabulary. What? Unlimited results? We do this all the time, but I'm like, have we done bad words yet? Or words that aren't bad, but sound bad. There's a college humor video where it's Mike Trapp and one of the old college humor guys doing a barbershop song full of words that sound like slurs that aren't. And let me tell you, that video was real funny 10 years ago. Now, (laughs) a little bit harder to watch. (laughs) Here's what we'll do. I googled words that sound like swears, and we'll decide whether they do or not. Here's what I'm going to say. I have an anecdote. When I was in fifth grade, our guidance counselor came into our class And she talked about, like, regulating your emotions, which, hey, guess what? It didn't work. And one of the things she went over was, like, words to say instead of swears. And I thought it was going to be, like, a cool list of, like, edgy, like, like really feels like a swear. when you freaking or frickin'? Yeah. Yeah. And I thought she was going to say stuff like that. Um, And, but she listed, like, try these words instead. Shoot. Barnacles. Exactly. Stuff like that. And I'm like, okay. And here I am, 10 years old, being like, all right, you can take the kids' gloves off. We can handle it. Yeah. All right. Anyway, what's with your list? 
Uh, dongle. Remember that, that was big a couple funny. years ago. That's just. I still think it's funny. I uh, listen. I may grow out of a lot of things. Dongle will always be funny. Uh, penal, as in the penal system, eh, aka prison, yeah, jail. Wh- whatever. I have another anecdote about spelling. Watch this. When we learned about obituaries, um, oh, a bunch. Slaps. <laughs> Love it. Um, a a bunch of kids just started snickering. Um, and the teacher halted the class, slammed his hands on the desk in front of one of the students, and said, "It's when someone dies," and was very like in your face, a way that only a seventy year old man can be. Yeah. Um, and I just remember being like, guys. It's also in the middle of a word. It's not an actual curse word. Use some critical thinking. Like, and I, I found a, I found a way in this very tense moment to still make it about myself. <laughs> I mean, we can just straight up ignore this list. Remember the words? Remember when uh, you found out that uh, nickname for Richard was Dick? Oh yeah. And you're like, why would they ever go by that? Why? That, that why one was a showstopper. That? that was a real showstopper. Um, or the last name Cox, C-O-X. Oh, yeah. I'm like, change uh-huh. it. What are you doing? <laughs> My favorite is if you've ever met anybody with the last name K-O-C-H. Yeah. Um, That's tough. It's a 50-50 shot of if it's Cook or Cock. I and always say everybody, Cook. I always you say always Cook. say Cook. Yeah, got to give them the benefit of the doubt. However, that correction is always filled with 100% shame. Yeah, dude, that's that's tough. Remember when you found out that swear words had usually had other meanings? Be like, actually, yeah, uh-huh. it means female dog. And be like, shut up. What are you talking about? And people, oh my God. And then those same people would be like, you're such a female dog. Like trying to like, I'm I'm actually swearing, but I'm not. And I'm like, it I had that same. I hated those people. I hated those people. I so hated the person I became for the last 25 seconds. <laughs> I, dude, those people are the worst. Or like when you're reading a story and then someone, you can see everyone knows because they scouted two pages ahead that a bad word's coming up. So everyone's like, okay, it means docking. And then you get into 10th grade and you start reading books with uh, slurs in them and the energy changes drastically. You go from, I can't wait to say it, to please don't make me be the one. You're counting the readers ahead of you to make sure it's not you. And then the teacher's like, don't worry, I'll say it. And this is my favorite story to tell about my brother, Um, (laughs) which is when we were very, very little, we were encouraged to say shush up instead of shut up. Mm -hmm. And I just remember this very distinct moment where my brother and I were in an argument and he goes in what I can only imagine was the most clever comeback he could have thought of in the moment where he goes, hey, Shush up and don't make me turn that SH into a T. And I remember being six years old and being like, okay, Andrew, I think we need to stop fighting now. I think we've hit our tactical limit. Dude, I remember when that, I remember, dude, I know exactly what you're talking about. Because people don't know how dumb they sound because they've rehearsed that in their head. That's not something that comes to them in the moment. They're like, oh, dude, I can't freaking wait. I can't wait. I know exactly what to say. My little brother, I don't remember exactly what he... Oh, dude. He remembered. I remember. (laughs) If you go up in a conservative Christian home, you memorized a Bible verse that you just waited for your parents to say some shit to you. (laughs) (laughs) So that you could be like, well, actually... And you're, you're 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 scanning through the Bible. Like, is there something about doing dishes? Um, is there something about like labor that I can whip out, dude? And it was something like, uh, I don't know the exact verse, obviously, because I never used it. But it was like, being a hypocrite is just as bad as doing the thing. And I mean, he had been keeping a record of everything my parents ever did. And the second they contradicted himself, he goes, "Well." And Isaiah, and I'm like, shut up, dude. I want to beat you up right now. Is this the only verse you know? Like, it's anytime I get a hint that someone rehearsed something, I'm like, I know you think that makes you like cunning and smart and clever, but we all know you practiced. It's not the same. It would be, it would hey, be cooler say, if you got lucky. 
I just want to say, um, I was trying to figure out what Bible verse it was. I'm on this website, and the first thing it did was ask me to turn off my ad blocker. So, hey, maybe this verse categorizer isn't in it for the right reason. He's <laughs> like, you want to learn about Jesus? Uh, well, let us get these ads, bro. Plenty of Fish is our number one advertiser, and how are people going to find love if you're using ad block? <laughs> Christian Mingle has paid so much money to be on our site, and we're going to be bankrupt if we can't send their advertisement to you. Oh, and I had to close through like three banner ads to get to this. It's the freaking and worst. There's, there's, and the worst part is I didn't even find anything that was like close to what it might have been. So I was, congrats on your ad revenue, BibleStudySources.com. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. Well, that was uh, the attempt at the swear jar, but we just had fun instead. (laughs) Don't you hate it when that happens? Yeah. Uh, Trying to get work done and you have fun with your friend. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, next week we are wrapping up our A24 month um, with the most recent and what I'm afraid is going to be the scariest one yet. Um, this movie is called Talk to Me. It came out in, I think, July. Um, and when I suggested this movie to Alex, he was like, I don't know. Is it really scary, though? He Googled it and was like, yep, it's going to be scary. Yep. Hey, Dude, the confirm. cover art is terrifying. I The only part of the um, synopsis I read said a possessed severed hand. It's going to be scary, bro. It's going to be scary. So buckle I'm already in. scared. Buckle in, team. I'm excited to watch this, but until then, my name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mama said hi. And if I'm gonna mess up the intro, you can bet your bottom dollar I'm gonna make sure the outro is 100% perfect. See you next week. Deuces. Deuces.